We are back for another episode. Episode what? We don't know. 30-something. 40-something? Some, I know we've been doing this for almost a year. I know we're, that. We're getting there. We're cranking. We're busting them out, baby. So listen, we, yeah, we joked like uh, ultimately the longer we do this, the harder it is to come with topics. So we, we, we kind of just talk about what what are we dealing with in the moment and it's really how uh, it inspires many of our podcast topics. But one of the things that we are grateful for is the relationship that we have with each other because we've learned so much. And it's something that um, not only that we haven't taken it for granted, but that it's a constant reminder for us and that we want to have with listeners today when we, when, we, when we talk about this topic today is how important it is to constantly use other people as a learning tool. Because there is something, regardless of who they are as a person, good and bad, that we can learn from. If there are good qualities about a person, we want to emulate those things. If there are bad qualities about a person, we are reminded to stay away from that type of personality trait because it's not something that we want to develop either. Yeah, no, where this podcast topic uh, came into play for me was when I was listening to another podcast, they were talking about how crucial a alliance can be. Alliance, right? I like that. Um, so that's, you know, the first you know term that comes to mind is what we got going on here is an alliance. You know, we sit down, we mastermind sometimes, uh, you know, we work off each other's energy. There's so many quality components that you can do with someone that's like-minded that you can't do on your own. And this is kind of getting more and more aware for me is there's a lot of shit I can't do, mm. and I've wasted so much time trying to do it, when in reality, I can reach out for help from somebody else, and they can make me stronger, they can work off of me on what I'm trying to do, and uh, you know, it's a mutual benefit from both of us. Yeah, one, I, one person gets to share that information, and the other one literally gets to uh, circumvent some of those struggles, all right? Cause we don't need to constantly keep going through the same struggles to arrive at the same destination. And, and I think that's where the learning, if someone said you can go through less pain and achieve the same thing, would you do it? Of course, oh, hell yeah. of course, mm-hmm. that's the whole point. And I think that when we can do that, but obviously, you know, I think we're, we're most inclined to learn from people that we respect. Right. And, uh, that's important because it goes back to there's a mutual relationship. There's a thank you for, you know, for, for giving, spending your time to show me that or wow, like, you know, you feel like that's something that's personal that he gave up to you uh, because they respect you. And that's, that's how you build the relationship. You know, I, I've said recently often that the relationships are built through conversation. There's no relationship without conversation. And those conversations about, you know, what we're learning or what we're doing, our our experience doing certain things, that's how we develop the relationship. Without those things, if it's just emails back and forth, we are not developing a relationship. No, yeah, you gotta talk, you gotta converse, that's what builds that connection, you know? And uh, a a quote that uh, really resonated with me was, Never take advice from somebody that you wouldn't mind trading places with. Oh, that's good. Right? That's really good. So, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to come here and learn from you, and hopefully I can deliver some value back to you. And uh, so that's what we roll with today um, for the topic. You know, three things that I've learned from you and three things you've learned from me. Yeah, the, the first one that stands out for me about you, Brett, is your humility. You know, you found us through an internship that we hold at FGCU and you already had been personal training for a really long time. And so when we presented you with 
you know, the internship and all the requirements there, you could have easily said like, no, I don't want to do that. I already got the whole training and coaching thing down. Like, I don't need that. Entitlement. And pure entitlement, you know, and, and I could have been, you know, I, I could have understood that. Like, okay, this guy's been personal training for five years. Like, but what, like, you know, I get why he doesn't think that I can offer him anything, but you didn't, you, you came in with open, with an open mind through the whole process because we started you at the most basic level of the instruction here. And a lot of those things that you were learning were repetitive. You already had known a lot of this stuff. It wasn't until we got later into some of this content about group management and then the personal side with business that you could, I could really tell that this stuff was new for you. But a lot of the stuff in the beginning was stuff you had already known and I appreciated that humility because you know I always say that when I want to hire people whether it's an internship or an actual job I want to hire them based on their character traits because the skill set teaching people how to back squat teaching people how to stretch anyone can teach someone else how to do that mm -hmm. it's not rocket science but to you know ensure that this guy was going to follow certain protocols or that he was going to treat the members at this gym like his own members that stuff is the character side that i knew you had from day one because of the way you remained humble through that whole process i mean you took three and a half months through that semester and you did that entirely free like i knew that if someone like that was going to do that that they really cared about what they were doing thanks man thanks um you know for the longest time i've always had that kind of mindset hey give up um, a lot up front, you know, even whether I'm not getting paid or I'm not getting anything that's tangible in return right away and that just trust the process, it'll follow through in the long run where I'll kind of get some stuff on the back end. And you even do that too today, like you, you build your credibility with a new client with a free hour personal training. You're giving up $80 mm -hmm. that hour because you want to prove your credibility and you are a hundred percent right you were 10 out of 10 on offering those free sessions to these people and getting them to sign up as clients or members because you built a great credibility through that process and that goes back to like you said giving so much up you you almost you almost guilt them into signing up because you're like this guy is giving me so much without anything in return without wanting anything in return so. yeah i mean that's kind of my plan of attack i let you know my service uh, and my value do the selling. I'm I'm not trying to be a car salesman trying to you know get you locked into a shitty deal. It's either you like what I'm providing or you right. don't. Right? Yeah, you're and not if putting you don't, in don't a, buy my shit. <laughs> some sleazy tactic to get them no. in. It's like yeah, hey, here's our contact. We've given you an experience. Like, what more do you want? Like, mm -hmm. if you give them a free workout and they want a week free, like you know they're trying to hustle the game. You know. So yeah, it's really interesting, but no, I really respect that about you because uh, it's hard to find good people, you know, and uh, our industry is really difficult because it requires us to give everything to mm -hmm. other people. And to do that, it requires a tremendous amount of humility because sometimes we come in here and we want to do stuff for ourselves, right? And that's why like, it's hard for me to work out in the gym because, you know, if I'm working out and a member comes in, to open gym or early to class and they want my attention i have give to give it to them. them yep that's what they pay for mm -hmm. and it takes an immense amount of humility to do that every single time when all i really just want to do is have an hour of quiet time to myself but you know that's not why i'm here and that requires a daily level of humility to recognize that and still really love what i do mm -hmm.
Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, bro. Um, oh, yeah. So first one I got uh, is how great customer service thrives business. And this is, you know, a perfect example. In the fitness industry, there's numerous gyms out there that sell four to five times the amount of memberships than the space or the That's equipment crazy, bro. they have. That's unbelievable. Uh, to deliver, you know, their their fitness lifestyle, right? Um, you know, all these corporate global gyms, they, you know, their membership base, they'll never ever ever have enough. Um, space or equipment to fuel their membership base. So what are they doing? They're selling these memberships, assuming that these people aren't going to use it. Wow. I mean, it, it's it's a hard, hard truth, but it's it's true, a hundred percent. It's true. That's why you got some of these gyms that are offering ten dollar memberships, right? And people are are buying it, but they're banking that they don't show up. Yeah, that's what they're banking on, and. Um, it's a complete opposite here, you know. Our job, what I see you do very, very well, is you treat every single member like, you know, they're your only member, right? Mm -hmm. You treat every member like they're your only member. Your focus and our focus is more about client retention, right? What we are, you know, obviously we do market and we try to get more people in the gym, but if you're here, you're literally gonna get everything we got, right? Your results, your development, that is our number one priority, right? right? And um, if someone doesn't use our membership, you know, we're staying on and we're reaching out. We want them, because their best interest is in mind for us, so we want them to come, because that's the only way they're gonna reach their goals is if they come. Yeah, ultimately, I just recognize that just being a good coach for an hour uh, in one of their classes when they did show up wasn't enough that there needed to be a level of consistency in order to do that and we did that through a, a creating a well-rounded customer service experience and that's what the systems and protocols that we have our hit list where I check the attendance to make sure that no one's been absent for more than two weeks it's making sure that we're all sending attaboys once a week mm -hmm. it's the hey following up with people as needed to ensure that they're getting a consistency through time because if we don't offer that they will eventually leave we talked about this on the podcast last week you have to be insane to keep coming back to back and not getting the results, results. that you want right and so i wanted to create a well-rounded program that would allow me to do that so um it, it takes a lot of energy i don't think something like this is scalable we can do this really well at 150 200 members but to scale this to a global level is impossible mm -hmm. it's why these gyms do so well at a higher price rate because it, it controls most people see here's what most people look at they look at it different they're like the price is expensive right i don't look at it like that my thing is if you bring the price too cheap you'll bring in way too many people and lose an immense amount of value, right? Mm -hmm. So the price actually controls volume, right? Yep. And that's important for us because if we get to a place like where the, let's just say, I mean, the world, the economy in the US is doing amazing, 130 is the new $10 membership, I would have to raise that to three, $400 to control volume, right? Because having 300 members to have just to say i have 300 members is not worth it to me is do i feel like the people that i have here are getting consistent quality service and uh, the answer to that right now is yes but if we were to get to 250 300 at are the way we have the system set in place could it manage that no way we'd have to give something up and we'd have to be honest and truthful of what we would be giving up and i'm not willing to do that i think that 
we do really well at that level right now here. Could we replicate this model in another facility somewhere else? Yes, but at this space with these members, with the coaching staff that we have, it's perfect. Yeah, no, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to quality over quantity, right? And you're talking about, you know, the systems we have in place. You know, that's the business owner talking um, from you. But as Mario, the person, just to see how you react with our members, man, it's genuine, it's caring, um, you know. So you have that perfect blend of, you know, a systematic approach to what we do here, which is, you know, how a true successful business works. And then you have Mario the the guy right the person like just really you know giving a shit about everybody and you know um wholeheartedly you know you want the best for them and you are doing that uh you know every single day delivering you know the service that we offer thanks man it's uh someone you know had described it as like you know turning on and turning off switches and i have like five or six different switches that i got to turn on and turn off at all times mm -hmm. in a group class i'm you know, I'm the owner, I'm the coach, I'm the friend, I'm the workout partner, and I'm turning on and off these switches all the time. And a really good coach can do that. A really good gym owner can do that because otherwise you you get labeled as one over the other. And what happens is like you don't allow the flexibility of conversation to occur because ultimately, Brett, all I'm trying to do is have some really good conversations with people. And to do that, I have to turn on and off these switches at all the time in order to try to connect the dots because ultimately nothing makes me happier as I start a conversation with somebody and it allows me to start help them start a conversation with another member then they connect then I slowly slip mm -hmm. out of that combo those are my favorite things to do because really and I've said this to you and the coaches is that if like ultimately it's the coach's job to lead and start the energy right but you can't constantly do that every single time in every class. You want them to connect energies together as time goes on, as they build more comfort. Because if the only time they're ever gonna be, feel comfortable is when you're around, then you're screwed. It's mm -hmm. like you have to handhold everybody every single day. And that's not what I wanna do. I wanna make relations. Hey, she's a teacher, she's a teacher. I'm gonna entertain that combo. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Rachel, did you know that so-and-so teaches right down the street from you? Boom, that's done, plain. walk out of combo. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how we connected because really, we like people that are similar to us. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to find in those conversations to be able to build that quality of service over time because ultimately none of that shit from a workout perspective means anything if people don't feel comfortable around. It doesn't matter how great the coach is, doesn't matter how, how great the workouts are. If you feel uncomfortable around other people, which is what most people do feel at like commercial gyms when you got the girls on the treadmills and the guys on the dumbbells and it's just like, it's very segmented. Uh, yeah, and people feel intimidated you know, some of the girls on the treadmill feel intimidated to go near the dumbbells because it's all these guys grunting and lifting heavy weight. So, um, you know, it's in our mission statement. We are trying to build a community and keep working out fun. That's it, man. Right? That's it. So you have that component. Everything else just is all byproduct to that. Thanks, bud. The, the other thing that I really respect about you is um, you are willing to get yourself uncomfortable by trying new things. And... Uh, that was a 5K. That like the 5K, which I still can't believe Brett's never run more than one mile in a row. 
He did Murph, which is two miles in total, but you break that so with a bunch of body weight exercises. But to never have run, that's crazy, bro. You know your boy ran a marathon when I was uh, in college. Twenty six point two. The Disney one. Yeah, right? the Disney one. So you run through the park. It's a really cool experience, but it's still awful. Twenty six. How far miles is the marathon? Twenty six point two miles. Twenty six point two miles, bro. Bro, so four, when, uh, four hours. When we get there for the five k Thanksgiving Day. Don't try to race me, bro. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. No, I'm going to let, let you go, dog. No, what I was going to do, I was going to bait you because the 5K is just really uncomfortable. And so if you don't really pace from the get, you're screwed at like a mile and a half in. So I was going to push you really hard and uncomfortable, and then you just would have petered out. So now you can uh, – I'm prepared for that. You ready? I figure you so wouldn't do some gonna shit do like that. that. So you're just going to you're gonna try I'm gonna to start slow? I'm going to let you go, slow? dog. And I'm going to let you go. Damn, bro. I'm hey, trying to beat you, dog. I, I, no, uh, you got to really hog me down if you're going to beat me on the back end, if you give me that much gap. That's the thing. If you give me too much gap, there's no way to make it up. You can't yeah. start with like a 12-minute mile, do your last one at seven and still beat me. Mm -hmm. There's too much of a gap between your splits. So, yeah, no, it, it's going to be fun. So, Anyways. but it's that. You got a liftoff coming up. You just did a CrossFit competition. You did, you set up for a physique photo shoot one time, I remember, and you got as, you try to get as lean as you possibly can. And so you always stay open-minded where, you know, I'm like old school, like, you know, for me, it's like, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it, you know? But I know that if I don't try new things, I'm leaving myself up to it, a possibility of something new that I would have never tried otherwise. And so when I hear about the stuff that you're doing, it encourages me to go try new things. I would not run this 5K if we didn't sit back and forth to be like, should we do it, should we not? I'd be like, nah, I haven't run this 5K in four years, mm -hmm. four years. So uh, those things, you challenge me to really step out of my comfort zone. Uh, it's why, you know, I tried that float therapy a few weeks ago because I just wanted to be like, all right, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same routine. I want to get out of that. How do I get out? Let me go try something new. What can I do? And then that came up. So no, I really respect that about you because uh, it goes back to a lot of things. One is that you might recognize that you might suck at this. And are you okay with trying something new that you're gonna suck at at first? And it takes a level of humility, you know, that, you know, sometimes I have to question whether I have or not. Yeah, so you know, kind of my, uh, to put a little more context behind what I do is, I always need to be working towards something mm. or I literally, like my day-to-day -day motions, I'm just moving, right? I'm just kind of living Feels life. like Groundhog's Day. Yeah, so I literally have to commit to something, you know? Um, I got this from a mentor of mine, but you know, I call it a date on the calendar, right? You, you find a date on the calendar, whether it's a 5K, a vacation, you know, uh, a, any type of deadline, right? And it forces you to work towards that date on the calendar or you show up that day and you look like shit and you're right. a failure and right. like just kind of making yourself vulnerable, right? It forces you like a different type of focus. Um, you know, it forces you to apply training towards that, whatever the hell the case may be. Or you show up on game day and look like a fool, right? right. And I refuse to let that happen. Of course. And you know that about mm -hmm. your personality that you're going to work as hard as possible to do something. So I feel like if you can constant just live that lifestyle to where there's always something That's great. you work towards, right? You you won't become stagnant. You won't hit any plateaus. And it, it's always changing, right? My goals are different um, all the time. Um, you know, like I said, power. I told someone I was doing a online powerlifting me was, yeah. and uh, 5K the week after. They're like, well, that doesn't make any type of sense. I'm like, to who it doesn't to take who? any, make Ooh, any type good. of sense, yeah. right? Like, to the it's a challenge, right? right? I'm right. 
I'm trying to both be as strong as I can. As fast as you can. And run as fast as I can. Yeah. Uh, so, like, who, who, how does it make sense? Right. So. I love that. Well, and I think in our industry, it's even easier because it's not arbitrary. It's you're either going to try to improve a physical skill. You're either going to try to improve your body composition or you're trying to an attempt an event of some sort. Those are the only three types of fitness goals that we have in our industry. Event body composition change or physicality, a change mm -hmm. in physicality, trying to do something more or faster than you can currently. And uh, that's easy for us, but I think you're right. I think that we get complacent and we don't like, you know, New Year's is coming up. What the hell is everyone gonna do? They're gonna do one of those three things, but they're only doing that once a year and many times don't have enough skill sets and habits or uh, like you said, alliances set up in place to even actually succeed with those things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, dude, uh, I, I need to do better at that. And uh, I'm putting my money where my mouth is with this 5K. So you're going to get schooled, son. Nah, I mean, hey, you can go ahead, bro. Let's go. <laughs> um, you know what? I want to try to find a system in how I can do this for like business or from a financial standpoint, too. Uh, I just haven't really figured that out yet, right? Everything is all always fitness related. Sure. But now I'd like to try to come up with something like more of a deadline on uh, either a financial standpoint or like a business standpoint. Sure. So to it's be a, determined. It's an event, dog, and mm -hmm. you've seen how I do stuff. I work backwards. What is the event, right? Events are easy because the you can't change the date. They've already set those up for you. And you just gotta work backwards from there. If it's you know something you wanna self-create, you gotta give yourself a little bit more logical time frame. I think anything within that four to 12 week mark to get something proficient out there is is the way to do it you got to work backwards dog mm -hmm. so and, and chip at it what is uh, my favorite quote a thousand uh the road of a thousand miles began with one step you got to take start feel like ultimately we don't want to feel like we're going in the wrong direction mm -hmm. and that that's what irks me ever when i feel like the actions i'm taking are pushing me away from my goals and so i always want to feel like i'm moving toward them uh perfect perfect segue to my next you know what i, I learned from you and execution is key right uh, road to a thousand miles starts with one step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you, you know, you posted, you're doing, uh, coming up with an article soon that's, um, you posted a Facebook post saying, if you could describe me in one word, what would it be, right? So I commented, executioner. You know, you're, you're executioner. You, um, you make a decision and you move on it right then and there, right? You, d you don't overthink it. You make your decision and you act on it. And, uh, you know, I commend you for that. And, you know, that's something that I've got to get better at personally is execution. Don't overthink things, commit, and then go ahead and work towards it. Yeah. You know, what, what, do you, what holds you back from that? Ultimately, you want to know why I do so well? Cause I don't give I don't, yeah, you, I don't it, care, it, dog. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. The whole point on making decisions is cause I feel like it has an opportunity for growth and mm -hmm. that's it. And I will never, I will never find out unless I make the decision to do it. Now, I don't take high risk, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, hey, I'm going to remortgage my house to buy to buy a nice car. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. No, I they are calculated risk by far, but like what's what's the worst is going to happen? That that idea doesn't work. I have a million ideas that I got to keep settling on and decide which ones I'm going to execute or not and just take it. It's these my decisions are proofs of concepts. That's all they are. 
That's all they are is like, can this thing that I'm thinking about with a few more steps and decisions gain traction? Mm -hmm. And you can feel that. That's momentum. When it's gaining traction, real, it's man. going that it's real. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like it's going in that direction, then I keep running with it. If I don't feel like it's there, I let it go. You, do you know? Else. And I just I just never cared, bro, because if I if I did, I, it would always been that what if. And man, that just that idea of I shoulda, coulda, woulda, but I just didn't take an extra step. And this is the freaking United States of America. You can you can do whatever you want to do. There are so many opportunities. And so when I think about that, and and I meet some people that I meet, like especially with a lot of the international people that are members that are coming here for season, do other stuff, and they tell me how they were raised or why they come to the states on temporary visas to yeah, work. Very You're like, bro, this is like I'd be dumb not to try to push myself forward and elevate myself. These guys are fighting here. My parents were immigrants. They were bo both born in Cuba. Like, this is why people fought to be in this country. And I want to constantly keep challenging myself. I, like, life is too special, bro, to just sit on ideas. It's, it's It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, no, you got to uh, act and then learn on the way, right? Uh, that's the best way to learn is by doing. Um, and yeah, no, that's a, a great takeaway from you. You know, you don't, um, I don't even want to say the quote because I'll probably butcher it, but in regards to knowledge, okay, so people say knowledge is power, right? But that's knowledge true. is not power without any action following. Yeah, it's potential power, yeah. yeah. Exactly, potential power. And, um, you know, yeah, no, it's it's great, man. Um, you just, you can't overanalyze shit without doing anything at yeah. the end of the day. You can't overanalyze shit without doing anything uh, because at, at the end of the day, um, if you don't act on it, you're not going to really get anywhere. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I would encourage you, dog. I think that um, I wouldn't overthink it. I think we get in trouble. Like the, the saying we use in training is paralysis by analysis. People are – the more cues and things you give people the opportunity to overanalyze, the worse the movement gets in real time. Yeah. I saw one really good one. I gave them two or three different cues because I got excited. They do it again. It looks completely different mm -hmm. because they're trying to overanalyze they're everything over, yeah. you just said. Where you just said, and then I have just, to stop and say, hey, just do what you did on yeah. that first rep again. Yeah. And then it looks good again. And that's kind of like how we should deal with you know, taking action is that if you uh, – analyze yourself too much about the process you'll never be able to move yourself forward and uh, you, basically you just got to overcome uh the fear of fucking up right but what what is that what is that uh, ultimately like fuck, okay exactly what? so this is where i'm getting at in the fear of what others might think about you who cares exactly exactly right? yeah no, no I, I agree i didn't start a business to care about what other people thought about me mm -hmm. i did it because i felt like i could help other people and like you, you shared the quote the other day, you either win or you learn. Mm -hmm. And I think the moment the moment people feel like they lose is the moment they feel like they got nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. That's when they truly lose. Because there was yeah, no up. growth through that. Give they up. give up. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I just never felt that way. I just never felt that way, you know? So... Um, Keep rolling with that, dog. Keep, You're doing something right, baby. Uh, the other one I wanted to say was... Uh, I think one of the things you do above all, and I joke about you with this, is that you uh, you have a persona and an appearance that you hold yourself to, right? And you, you're you very systematic about that. You attempt to dress a certain way. You are try to articulate yourself a certain way. 
and you try to do that as consistently as possible. Where I, going back to you know my quality of not giving a damn, that also can show up as a little scrubby or lackluster. Like this guy doesn't care. He doesn't. He doesn't uh, get haircuts. He wears the same three shorts. He's got holes in them. Like, and I think what I could do better learning from that is that I'm not saying like for, like people. People ultimately, because we judge with our eyes, will ultimately always deal with uh, appearances first. And sometimes I have to give a little bit more effort to give me the chance to people to work through that first judgment to really get to know me for who I am as a person. Because I ultimately, because I don't care, I shut up opportunities with people because I feel like they are judging me by the shitty truck that I drive or when I drop my son off to school, the shitty clothes that I'm wearing when I drop them off. Mm -hmm. And it limits an opportunity to have interactions with people because maybe they're thrown off by how different I am in comparison or the way I talk. I have to be very careful the way I talk because I joke like I'm a I'm a ghetto kid, right? I was, you know, born in Golden Gate States when it used to be called the hood. And so I get that slang that comes out or I curse a little bit more than I should around people. And I should care about those things because that stuff can throw away an opportunity for a great relationship with somebody. Yeah, no, um, an attractive appearance and an attractive personality is how you can sell, um, you know, fairly quickly or, uh, you know, that that's kind of my point from there is just, you know, give off an attractive appearance and personality. And it, like you just said, it gives more people benefit. It gives yourself the benefit of the doubt to establish connections more quickly, efficiently, and um, more regularly. Yeah, no, and it's obvious it, that you don't do that by coincidence. It is direct and purposeful. And I, uh, you know, I, I've learned that from you because I don't know anyone who's got your style or who really, uh, you, you really think about what you're gonna say before you say it. I can see you doing that in your head when you do that. And that's because you're trying to make sure you say the right things. And I respect that where, like I said, sometimes I say like, sometimes I, I get so tired with trying to please everyone that I just stop caring about what I say. And that's dangerous too. Cause I'm like, if you don't like it, I'm the owner. Like, mm -hmm. like try something new. Like you don't have to be here and I have to be careful with that, you know, because you can't, <laughs> you, can't you can't say that that's rude. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be careful just putting myself as the title and just reminding that I'm a person, this is another person, and we're trying to converse as respectful as possible, where uh, sometimes I just let the conversation just loose. Right and, off the top, yeah, huh? and with a really close friend at my house drinking a beer, that's fine. Mm -hmm, yeah. But in a professional setting, and it's always about what I talked about, it's those switches, is being able to turn on the switches. And at first, uh, I did this years ago and I thought it was fake. It was like, um, it was, when I was with my friends, I was the ghetto mini, right? But as soon as I walked into the gym, I had to change the voice and the presentation. And then when I worked out, I had a different character. And at first I thought that was fake. And what I came to realize years later was no, that was just expecting the respecting the environment in which I was in. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to do because you have to learn to turn on and off those switches no matter where you're going. And uh, I, I just think it gives us an opportunity to really have better conversations with people when they're not really thrown off with a, a, a major change in character from one moment to the other. You're just basically connecting with intent, right? You know the people you're around, 
um, there is a purpose for that relationship and that connection, right? And you are moving and talking with intention. Okay, yep. that, that's really all you're doing. There's nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's true. There's nothing wrong about that. Yeah, thanks, man. And yeah, and it took a while to learn. And I think it's, um, you know, we have a special relationship because it's, I'm friend, uh, partner, work uh, partner in, in training. Um, I'm your boss. Uh, we share uh, information, uh, knowledge bombs all the time. And so we're always weaving in and out of those. And I think we, we do a really good job with that. I think so too, man. I think so too. Uh, yeah, last one I got for you. Um, you're you're a competitor. Uh, you know, there's there's no doubt about it. You're a competitor in business. You're a competitor in group class. You're a competitor, uh, no matter what it is. And that can be a huge, huge strength. A huge strength. Um, you know, you you you're not worked up on what um, other gyms are doing around us, but we've talked. You know, we've mentioned it, and uh, it's not in a way to where. You know, you're just trying to, you know, one up them, but it's kind of the awareness on where the fitness industry is moving. And um, at the end of the day, you want our gym to be the best gym, right? So you're kind of paying attention, not in a way to where you're trying to take some of their shit or anything like that, but you're paying attention in a way like, how am I handling the operations in our gym to be better than them? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, for sure. I, I take it, my philosophy there is like a football game strategy. I'm, uh, I coach one year of football and I was terrible at it. I did it because uh, it was part of the deal and being transferred to the teaching job that I was in and I promised a really good uh, coach that I would help him out that year, but I didn't know jack about football. And so as I got into the culture, one of the things that I recognized that uh, really intrigued me is that they studied film incessantly mm -hmm. like I've never seen anything like it like the the day that the the one of the jobs I had is after the game was over I had to take the videos and upload it because on Saturday morning they were gonna go over it and then they went over all week yeah. and so Bender what was done that and yeah so you yeah. know that right uh -huh. and what interesting me what they were doing which is what I do is it gives you a better a realistic look at the landscape right I'm not I don't want to try to guess what it is that they're doing I want to know and so and I do that with a non-attachment I don't compare myself to be like they're doing this and we're not doing I could care less but I want a general realistic look at the landscape and it's e even easier now because we have YouTube and Instagram and Facebook mm -hmm. that I can connect to any gym or even more important than the gym are the CrossFit consulting groups it's the thing that elevated us Brett to where we are today is the consulting groups was doing that for us mm -hmm. they took the average uh, best practices of the CrossFit communities and they gave it to us to learn and so it really helped me just do that and it's what I do now I judge what we're doing at uh, with the best gyms in the world and I'm saying okay there's an opportunity there that they are really pushing that we don't even talk about how, how can we move in that direction that's how nutrition came about which was like a lot of the really big gyms started to push nutrition at a level that I've never seen before I'm like they're not even talking about CrossFit anymore they're just mm -hmm. talking about nutrition and this and that I'm like we don't have anything like that and that's what that that's push was last here. year yeah yeah and so it was things like that uh, that really helped me just you know I think it started with my mom and it moved into sports and it was basically like if you're gonna do something give it a hundred and ten percent effort in. it is not worth your time to do something half-assed because you're being told to do something do it or don't do it with and give it full effort and love it or don't do it at all yeah right mm -hmm. and that's how I moved into business it's how it's like I feel like my my life is valuable and if I'm gonna take time 
to do something, I want to do it well. Yeah. And that's where that comes from. So I appreciate that, man. I'm always going to be a competitor. It's why I fell in love with CrossFit. It's why I went back to school. Like, what did the NBA do for me, Brett? You want to know what it did? Absolutely nothing. But you know, from the NBA perspective, I didn't say, okay, I'm leaving you know, the gym and going to a corporate world. No, I did it because I wanted to compete. I wanted yeah. to know that I can do that, uh, that I can challenge myself into that program. That's why I did it. It wasn't like, like I thought I was gonna get this job and now I don't have it. No, I did it because I wanted to compete. And the next decision I'm gonna make is because I decide I wanna compete to the next level. I wanna compete to be the best father I can be, the best coach, the best athlete. It's why I lost the 20 pounds. It was like, I didn't feel like me being 20 pounds heavier allowed me to compete at my best level. And so I had to realistically look at like, how in the hell am I gonna compete at that level again there? Well, I gotta get the weight down. It was just, it was just mm -hmm. like, it's no brainer. Like it wasn't even like, all right, can I be, you know, out of shape and still compete? The answer was no. All right, how do I tighten that up now? And yeah. so, yeah. No, no, that's how you gotta be. You gotta be a competitor. Um, and sometimes it's to the extent where, you know, uh, you, like maybe a sore loser. I mean, you're kind of flirting around, like not you specifically, but a true competitor. Always cares. Hates losing. 100%. Hates losing, right? So if you're like, oh, okay, it's whatever, it's a loss. Like, hell no, you know? Uh, if you show me someone that's you know good at losing, you're showing me a loser, right? You're yeah, showing me a loser. Of course. At the end of the day, we're we're trying to win here, and uh, th it takes that competitive nature, that competitive fire, to always strive to win and always win. Yeah, and and non-competitors, I think non-athletes, non-former athletes, they struggle with that. They're like, I don't want to compete, or that there's aggression or some other like personality trait that they don't want to develop. It's not about that. I think that for me, competition is just like just really taking an honest look at yourself and saying, Are you giving all your effort? Mm -hmm. Are you putting that? Could in? be within yourself. What's one of my quotes about effort? The the best indicator of interest is effort, or mm -hmm. effort is the best indicator of interest. All right. Effort, yes, effort is the best indicator of interest. And that's like, if people are not trying, they're not putting in enough. Like, why waste your time? I, I joke all about that in the morning. I'm like, dude, you're here at 5.30, man. You better put in the effort because you showed up, right? Or if it's like, it's a Sunday for specialty programs and they come in. Listen, today was the only day that you could, like, your sanity could have been okay with taking off and you guys are here and I, respect that effort and that's important because they want they're using that extra day to become a little bit more competitive to take the time to become more flexible or do our barbell club because they think that taking that action on a sunday while everybody else is chilling is an extra effort they can be to compete and that that it's attractive competition competitive people to me are attractive because you can tell that you, you, they're constantly pushing themselves, man, and that that's cool. That's why I love what I do. Yeah, you you can count on them to do their part because they have that nature behind them, right? You can count on them to try to get that next leg up over, you know, someone surrounding them, right? Because they got competitive nature. Hey, listen, you made me feel really good about myself. Today, hey, bro. you too, man. I appreciate <laughs> that, bro. No, I mean, ultimately, we felt like this was the way to really like allow people to hear how open and honest we are about each other and how much we respect each other but uh, but honestly how important it is for other people to have that with other people in their life you know i think a lot of our members respect us for what we do but they also think it comes easy and it doesn't we put a lot of deliberate effort into everything that we do to be this way and i just hope that 
other people are doing that with other people in their lives and looking up to them. And not only that, but telling them, Brett. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be like, yeah, you know, I, I respected, you know, my dad, but I never told him. Like, no, tell them. Tell them nothing would mean more than my boys tell me when when they can actually speak English and they don't speak Jack right now is that I love you. Thank you so much for telling me that, Dad. Or I never forgot when you told me that. Like that stuff would crush my heart because it's like that's why I work so hard is for them to be able to respect and admire who I am as a person. And when someone else can verbally say that, it's powerful, dude. Yeah, it's powerful I, stuff. It just comes down to showing gratitude if you know um, with the connections you're building. And there's no doubt about it. You can always strive and do more with some assistance, some help from somebody else than you can do yourself. 100%, bro. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. Later.